Jade, what do you think about the 45 to 10 ass whooping um, from the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday? Happy uh, Thanksgiving. Also, happy birthday. Also, who, um, who, are the Cowboys the ones being whooped, or who, who's being whooped? No, they won 45 to 10 against the Washington Commanders. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds like the Commanders just didn't want to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they really should have just played better if they wanted to win, you know? Mm. Uh, let's check the stats on this one, shall we? Oh, wow. <laughs> do, do you know who Sam Howell is? Nope. Well, he's the quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Uh, they're not the Redskins anymore because that was racist. Uh, mm. um, by the way, just in case everybody wants to know. Um, he threw for 300 yards, which is pretty good. Um, but they mm-hmm. only scored 10 points, which is really bad. Okay. It's not 300 all at one time, I assume. No. It's over 44 passes. Mm. So that's like, what, 6.2 yards per attempt, which is not good, but not terrible either. Has anybody ever thrown a football so hard that it went out of the stadium? The way baseballs sometimes do if you hit them high enough? I don't don't think so, but I, I saw recently they played in Germany and, uh, they they kicked the ball into the big jumbotron in the middle of the the stadium. So that was a thing that happened. Mm. But yeah, I, I, it'd probably be very hard to throw a ball out of stadium. Stadiums are really high. Yeah, I bet Dan Marino could do it when he was like in his twenties. Mm. Also, in case it's not clear, I've I've had a cold this week, so I might try to speak softer and then just raise the overall volume on my recording and see if maybe that works. Just blow them out. Mm. Just just like whisper. But just turn the volume really high. Mm. And then they can hear all the background noise extra loud. Yeah. All the farting. Mm. All the farting you do all the time that they that they don't get on recording. But I I know. I know. Yeah. Because you can smell it through the computer. (laughs) I can smell it through the microphone. (laughs) Oh, God. So, so, a happy Thanksgiving. Um, Food was eaten. Yeah, that's why the farts are so bad this week. Mm. I'm sorry, I don't know why that's so funny to me. Just being being able to smell farts through a microphone. Uh, I'm like eight years old, I apologize. Uh, Uh, And it's a very slow topics week. Um... 
I mean, I guess the most recent. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll we'll do we'll I guess and uh, I don't know. We'll we'll do the Disney stuff because we both saw uh a lot of the same Disney movies this time. Um, we watch Bolt. Yep. Finally. Uh, so you'll have to wait for that one. Um, I for my birthday I got Super Mario RPG. There's not a ton to say about it because it is literally the Super Nintendo Classic Super Mario RPG, but with better graphics, and um, there's a breezy mode, which is you know easier difficulty mode. You level up faster, enemies are easier to defeat. I played through the whole game on that because I remembered the original one being kind of grindy. So um, yeah, so I did that. And it actually made it easy enough that I beat the secret boss with no problem. Which I don't think I did on uh, on the original game. I don't remember if I ever even fought the secret boss. I knew it existed. Yeah, Q-Lux, the uh, Final Fantasy. I don't know if it's directly yeah. from a Final Fantasy game or just inspired by it. He's like a I think it is. purple genie with four elemental crystal things. I just had Gino use Gino Beam over and over to, you know, wreck all of them at once. I actually never used Gino much um, mm. in the few times I've played. The first time I played, the part my party ended up being Mario, Peach, and Bowser. Because Peach is the best healer. Like, she has a group heal move, so she's better than Mallow at healing. And between Bowser and Gino, like, Bowser has tankier HP and does a lot of physical damage and Gino has like good magic attacks that can hit multiple enemies at once so they're both a you know solid choice for your you know, high damage character yeah um, I ended up because it was on easy mode and I didn't necessarily need the extra healing power from Peach I beat it with uh, Mallow and Gino instead this time yeah, that, that's one part of RPGs, like JRPGs specifically, that I'd never liked that much. Is like, hey, here's these 18 characters. You can only use four at once. Yeah, and if you want them to be any good, you have to keep using the same ones. So then you just right. leave all the other ones by the wayside. Right, at least with Pokemon, by like Gen 3 or 4, uh, they give you a lot of catch-up options. Yeah, I mean, this so, one has... I don't remember if the original did, but Mario RPG has all the characters are getting XP. You know, although the ones you like, Mallow, like Mario always levels up first, and then Mallow, and then Gino, and then Bowser, and then Peach. So it's like they start yeah. off a little bit staggered, but they're still within one level of each other. I want to say in the original they did get experience, but maybe less than the active uh, party. Mm. Yeah, it might be just another thing from the breezy mode. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. It's been a while since mm. uh, I stole my sister's Wii and played <laughs> um, Mario RPG. Yeah, like, I, I played it on Super Nintendo as a kid. But it was a rental, mm. um, and then I only really bought it uh, on my sis my two sisters. We, mm. um, so that was when I actually played through the whole thing. 
Yeah, no, mine was similar. My cousin had it, and I played up to the like the sewers. Um, and I think and then I, you got lost and quit. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe like eventually I found the boss and I couldn't beat him or something. Um, I definitely didn't get past the frog village. I don't think. Um, yeah. and then. Um, eventually I got it on Wii, and I, I don't remember if I'd gotten the Pro Controller specifically for that, or just for Super Nintendo games in, in general. Um, but yeah, I finally played it through on there. And I don't remember yeah. if I got it on Wii U or not, because I, I don't think that, because of the whole Square Enix thing, it makes it a little hard for them to port it the same way they do all their other games. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's on the Wii U shop, because the Wii U doesn't exist. Well, yeah, um, it, nothing's on the Wii U shop anymore, it's gone. But when the Wii U had a shop, I don't remember if it was on there. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, I'm surprised that it was even remade, but I, I guess <laughs> it was probably Square Enix was like, hey, we're just leaving money on the table. <laughs> so Maybe, um, I mean, because... It does like on on the load up screen it says square, um, but I'm looking at the well, back no, of the I box mean, right I mean now. By and, like not, mm. I mean by like not partnering with Nintendo to, to re-release yeah. it. Yeah, like I'm sure they get a cut, but like on on the game box, it doesn't say Square or Enix at all on the front, and the only place it says it on the back is in the copyrights. So there's no indication that they had anything to do with this port. Yeah, I mean, they had to have licensed it, I, I imagine, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, I I, I don't remember, but I, I think it was like, well, of course, Nintendo owns all the Nintendo characters, but I think Square owned, like, all the, uh, the characters specific to Super Mario RPG. It was something weird like that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been issues with Milo and Gino getting to appear in anything. Yeah, it's I, I it's similar to how like Bandai can't sell the old Ace Combats because they had a license to use all the planes. Mm. Um, how Sora can appear in Smash but can't have any Disney characters. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, it's actually the exact same thing. They were like. Square own or Square Enix owns Sora and all the Kingdom Hearts characters, but obviously not any of the Disney stuff. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I'd I'd be surprised if there's even a friggin' Mickey Mouse keychain on the Keyblade uh, mm. in Smash. I haven't actually looked at the model though. There probably mm. is. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, like Super Mario RPG is like one of the few JRPGs that I actually like that's not Pokemon. Mm. Yeah, Pokemon's I mean, kind of the same way, but that that's like it, Pokemon has so many characters that it's it's not like oh you're not using these three hundred. It's you are using these six, mm. so it, it's less. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and like Mario like. RPG, it it has that whole like you know turn based combat, but it makes it more active 
by having like yeah. the timing mini games in there, so you can get like bonus damage and blocking for reduced damage if you're timing you. So you you can't like you know do your attack and then like sit back and wait for the opponents to finish. You have to be actively like watching their animations to try to you know time your block so that you can take no damage. Right. You you could just mash a through the whole thing. Um, but that would mean a lot of extra grinding. Um, mm. y- you have to get good at the timing or else it's not going to work out very well. Yeah. At least on normal difficulty. Yeah, even on easy, it's still... You'd still I think with easy, one of the things... Because I don't know if they do it on regular mode, but on the easy mode, um, sometimes... I, once you've got like a a combo chain going uh it might not show it but like usually the first you know a, a lot of the times uh it shows like an exclamation point to tell you when to hit the button so you can use those to figure out what the timing is of when to hit the button and then i think oh, it, yeah, that it might have been a, a newer thing that they added is this uh another new thing is um every time you land a correct timing on either your move or your block, it adds to a combo meter. Uh, I mean, you've got, like, a, a combo meter tracking, like, and it even goes from, like, battle to battle. It carries over. Um, how many times you've done that without, you know, taking unblocked damage. Um, and as that builds up, you get, like, bonuses. And then you've also got a, a meter that builds up to 100%. And when that builds up, you can either have a toad assist you by giving you an item in the middle of combat, or once you unlock it, you can do like a, a super move where all three of your characters will do massive damage to one target. Is it one move, or is it different depending on who it? You've it got? changes depending on who's in your party. I, I don't know that it makes a huge difference damage-wise. I think maybe the damage is like based on the attack strength of all the characters involved, but there's like an animation for each of them. Hmm. So like I've seen you know, the move where it's Mario, Mallow, and Gino. They like surf on Rainbow Road and fly up into a star and shoot a big beam. Um, if it's Mario, Mallow, and Bowser... They all get in Bowser's clown car, and, like, Bowser's throwing bombs, and Mario's throwing fireballs, and Mallow's throwing ice. And they're just, like, pelting the target with, uh, all that stuff. So, let's see, you can't switch out Mario, right? He's always... No. Yeah, he's, he's mandatory. Okay, I, th- I thought so. So it'd be, like, what, six different combinations of characters? Um, sounds right. So, yeah, that that's reasonable. Because like, if you could switch out Mario, that would be a lot more different combinations. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, they just they did little animatics for those, and uh, a lot of like the boss introductions, they have it like pan out and do like a cutscene intro, and then it goes into the the battle screen. Yeah. Oh, so they have like animated boss intros too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like it, it's done in the style of like a cutscene, but then it, you know, the camera pans and now it's in isometric um, <laughs> battle view. That's interesting. I'll probably get it eventually, but like I, I, I really like the original. Um, like I said, it's one of the few like JRPGs that I actually like, probably just because it's for kids and it's so simple you could just kind of breeze through it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I beat up through the secret boss in two days. Yeah, yeah, because like I. Tend to not like full scale JRPGs, the ones that make make you play like eighty hours to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, Super Mario RPG, Chrono Trigger, uh, Pokemon, like ones that aren't super involved, I tend to like more. Um, and even some of the Pokemon games run pr- pretty long. <laughs> By the end, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, so that was video games. Let's see, we've got we've got Disney movies. You said you watched. I, I assume finally the um, Venture Brothers movie. Yeah, I really liked it. Mm. Um, it's obviously it's not an ending, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they, it's they just, left the door it's, open. it's a big episode, and it clears up. A couple mysteries, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. It it wraps up the biggest stuff that they left loose at the end of the show, um, which was you know Dean leaving uh, or um, Hank leaving rather. Um, the whole thing with uh, how how Rusty and uh, the Monarch are related, stuff like that. Mm. Um, Rock didn't do much in it, which is kind of weird for a finale. If if it is actually the finale, which it seems like it will be, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's like you said, it's a really long episode with a slightly higher budget. But yeah, uh, I I enjoyed it. I enjoy all of Venture Brothers all the way through. Uh, like it, it's. I don't know. Like it's it's nice seeing something that somebody wanted to make. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not see I. Well, whatever I'm gonna say is just gonna end up going into Marvel. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, like shitting on uh, recent Marvel, but I don't want to do that because I I know you like it more than I do. Yeah, so. I don't know. I I mean, I, I have completely lost touch with popular taste. Because I think these movies are fun, even if they are completely aimless and, have, you know, the connecting threads that used to yeah. make a larger universe aren't really there. I don't know, they're, they're fun on their own. They have cats yeah, eating like people I... while memory from cats plays. <laughs> like, that that sounds off. See, see, like, there's there's a lot of parts to these movies that sound awesome, but I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe, maybe if it gets to, to like where it was in 2017 or whenever, when I got back into the MCU. Yeah, um, it, I, I don't if, have a lot of confidence it's ever going to be back to where it was. I don't think so either, but 
Like, maybe it'll get to that point, and I'll rewatch all the movies and probably still none of the shows. Uh, uh, but, yeah, like, I, I'm... I've just seen enough to, to not not want to get back into it. Mm. Like, I haven't watched Ant-Man or Black Panther 2 or what else was there? Uh, well, Black Panther 2 was before Ant-Man. Uh, before that was Thor Love and Thunder. I've seen that one. Uh, before that was Doctor Strange. That one was all right. Um, but see, that's that's the thing. Like, I think most of them are all right, and that's just kind of yeah. Like when I think over what the actual movies that came out were, they they haven't been that bad except for Eternals. Um, but um, then I remember, oh yeah, there's all these TV shows in between, and those yeah. are the ones I can't keep track of what order they came out in because they're only available digitally. So I don't have that connection of like. I went to a theater to see this, and then the DVD came out in this month. Uh, It doesn't help that they release, like, three or four of them a year. Yeah. It's like they're they're treated so disposably that I can't... You know, the only reason I know Hawkeye came out in probably November or December is because it's set at Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) I know Ms. Marvel was sometime in a, a summer. I don't remember which summer. I think Loki season one was a summer, and Loki season two was definitely fall because it just came out. Yeah, Loki season two is the only one I'm gonna watch. Like Moon Knight was know. at the start of a year, like a March ish, I think, but I couldn't tell yeah. you what year because uh, it's not really relevant. You know, it's not connected to any of the stuff around it. So I don't know yeah. if that was a year ago or two years ago, Wait, or if it was it could have been I, this year. I don't know. I'd be fine with stuff that's less connected. Like I don't, I don't need it to be connected to everything. Yeah, it's like I, it, I like it as a show. It's just it is. It's different from the movies because it, it it's released, but there's nothing else to it. Yeah, you know, there's no no Lego sets that come out tying in. There's no <laughs> DVD release. There's no theatrical. You know, it, it's just it's a thing. That appeared on my TV and I watched it, and then, yeah, I don't know. It, it just it doesn't have the same grounding as the movies have that I can you know keep track of what movies came out when. I I know what you mean. Like it, it's like nothing just has any impact really. Like mm. the last thing that did was the last Spider-Man movie. Yeah, <laughs> which is what. And that, uh, that that's another Two one that I keep ago? forgetting. Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. I keep, you know, when I'm going through my brain, what are the Marvel movies of this phase? I keep forgetting that one happened for some reason. I don't yeah. know. I guess because Doctor Strange wiped it out of my memory. So <laughs> it, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> but it did. But it's like there's... There's been two Spider-Man movies, um, a Black Widow movie, which doesn't mean a goddamn thing to anything except yeah. setting up for a, a team that nobody cares about. Um, yeah, no, there was Black Widow, there was Shang-Chi, there was Eternals, um, it was Spider-Man, I think, was the year after, so it would have... 
Yeah, because Doctor Strange ended up coming out first, even though Spider-Man was supposed to come... Or no, Spider-Man came out first, Doctor Strange came out after, because they got flip-flopped, because the pandemic just fucked everything up, too, uh, release schedule-wise. Cause, yeah, because there was Eternals, and, and then I think Spider-Man, and then Doctor Strange, and then... And then Thor, and then... And then, and then well, yeah, because Thor was middle of last year, and then Black Panther 2, and then Ant-Man, okay. and then Guardians 3, and then Marvels. Yeah. You see, like, I, lo- I love Guardians 3, but it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was, that's James Gunn flying solo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and like, like Guardians like, 3, I liked it, and probably in terms of quality, it is better than most you know of all the other marvel movies but given the choice i would rather watch thor love and thunder or quantumania or marvels again because those movies are dumber and sillier and it's that that's i guess more of what i'm in the mood for than actually feeling emotions about raccoons and their dead childhood friends i want a raccoon movie <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've been making the joke all week, but uh, like I, I want I would watch a full movie of that. Mm. Uh, like I don't, I don't want to watch Guardians three again, and I don't want to watch Ratatouille again. I want to watch Rakakuni. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's the everywhere, uh, everything everywhere uh, spinoff that I want. Mm. Yeah, if that was a multiverse movie and they wanted to make all of the multiverses into their own movies. Yeah. I hope they won't do that because, oh boy, that would go to shit real fast. Mm. (laughs) Uh, um, Hot Dog Fingers, the movie. I mean, at that point, you're just getting into, like, the friggin' Rick and Morty interdimensional TV thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that movie already kind of was that. Yeah, except um, actually feeling emotions. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, character depth beyond Rick is an asshole and slowly realizes he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Rick and Rick and Morty's a little better than that. Like I'll give it a little more credit, but not that much more. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, they they got the whole Jerry Beth family drama yeah. stuff too. But it's like they they actually cared about the family drama, um, and then they saw the fan feedback, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make this all about Rick and Morty," mm. uh, and well. <laughs> That didn't really work for me. Uh, anyway, mm. what were we talking about originally? Uh, um, the um, Venture Brothers movie. Oh yeah, it's really good. If if you like Venture Brothers, see the movie. If you've never seen Venture Brothers, start from the beginning. Mm. Um, like start from the shitty, like barely animated pilot. Uh, it's dumb and hilarious. Uh, it probably hits better if you have any kind of familiarity with Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah. Like their adventure cartoon stuff. Yeah. There's 
yeah, it, it's it starts with that. Um, eventually, it moves into like spy stuff, and it slowly creeps into like superhero um, territory. Mm. It well, it by the never, time of the movie, there's like a full-on helicarrier. Yeah, yeah, like OSI is just Shield at that point, but it it it's 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 like what what it is it's two grown ass men playing with um all the the 80s action figures that they had as children just smashing them together mm. um except with actually sometimes just like dumb uh but sometimes actually genuinely good writing um <laughs> do, do you do you want do you want to know what line made me laugh the most? Mm. Uh, um, it's the monarch t- telling uh, Rusty, "I'm going to kick you in the throat, meat." Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why, mm. but like it's just a callback to earlier in the movie. But it really fucking got me for some reason. I had to pause the movie because <laughs> I didn't expect it. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really easy sometimes. <laughs> But I, I I really loved it. Mm. Um, I hope we get more, but we probably won't. Yeah, I saw it like a month ago, and even then, I I don't remember as much about the show. So I, you know, I saw it and it's like, okay, yeah. So they explained who their mom is, kinda, and uh, and you know what the relationship between Monarch and Venture is, but. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that they would completely wrap up everything um, because they 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 go to a lot of weird places that don't really need a conclusion. Um, but I, I guess they hit the big stuff, which is all you can really do in 90 minutes. Mm. It's a lot less violent than I was expecting, mm. to be honest. Like, I, I thought they'd kill off a lot of like nameless bad guys, but no, the, it actually wasn't very action heavy. Mm. Um, it, it, uh, I don't want to go over the plot because out of context, it'll sound really stupid. Yeah. I mean, it just um, kind of jumps around a lot too. Yes. Yeah. It's like mysterious woman shows up who dated, what was it? Both venture and monarch at, at various points. Yeah. And, and the implication is, oh, maybe she's the mother of uh, the boys, and no, she's not, um, the, as they eventually find out. Um, and yeah, there's just a whole bunch of uh, espionage slash superhero type, you know, intrigue stuff going on with that. Um, the movie is called Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart. Which yeah. is a wild title that doesn't really factor in at all until the end when it's revealed <laughs> that the monarch was, uh, I guess, spoilers, a clone of Dr. Venture, but he had some baboon blood mixed in, and that's why he has hair and is more violent. Well, I, I think they're both clones, but... Mm. It's just one one had the baboon, um, one had the one had baboon DNA and one didn't. Mm. 
And then at the end, it's revealed that uh, also Dean and Hank never had a mom. They're both clones, too. Yeah, they were um, clones, and Dr. Venture is, I guess, kind of their mom, because he had them, like, plugged yeah. into an artificial womb that he was operating. Yeah, he had a he had a, a device he made that was an artificial womb to grow them, like, that he wore for some reason, even though... Uh, mm. I don't think he's that sentimental. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because isn't it like a plot point in the show that the the boys are clones and whenever they die, yeah. they just hatch out another one. I I guess you could I guess you could say he might have been sentimental on the first ones, but by the time he you know made the hundreds of clones of them because they kept dying, yeah, um, he just stopped caring about them. I don't know. Um, Rusty Venture's a fucking bastard, so he's kind of hard to pin down sometimes. Mm. Yeah, because I was wondering if the reveal was going to be that the robot was their mother. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. If if Helper was actually his wife the whole time, his like, brain got put into the Helper robot. Yeah. Or he just married the robot. That. Yeah. You fucked the robot. Yeah. Yeah, the robot was just programmed to be able to birth human children. <laughs> I don't want to think of the implications. Uh, uh, anyway, it's good. Venture, Venture Brothers good. Mm. Um, I care about it more than I should. Uh <laughs> Um, anyway. Yep. Uh, also in recent movies, I watched Good Burger 2, because it was there. Oh boy. It was very much what it says on the tin. It's like a, a throwback 90s slapstick dumb shit comedy. Uh, and it did a pretty good job being that. It felt, you know, just very much that kind of movie. Of It's like uh, you know, Keenan and Kel's characters are grown up now, but and I, I didn't real, I haven't even seen the first one. I've only seen the Nostalgia Critic review, but whichever one of them it is that works at Good Burger still works at Good Burger, and he's kind of a SpongeBob in that like his whole life revolves around his love of fast food and working at this fast food burger joint and just being yeah. a dumbass. Um, they both worked at Good Burger. Yeah, well, yeah, they both worked so, there. One of them still, the guy who invented the super sauce or something, he still works there. And he's just a dumbass and he loves this burger joint. Uh, and his whole life, he has a bunch of kids who all look like him at different ages. And their names are like pickles and ketchup. And j they're all just like burger toppings. Um, and, uh,. Yeah, and then his friend, the other guy, comes, he has to get a job at Good Burger because he owes someone a bunch of money and he's trying to find a way to get the money. And, and then there's this, <laughs> like, rich business person who wants to buy out Good Burger and make it into a chain restaurant. And the, you know, the, the first guy, um, doesn't want to sell it because he loves it and, um, thinks it'll ruin it or something but also he's a moron uh, and they end up tricking him into selling it and then the corporation makes like 
robots to run the company or something and and then the shenanigans happen and they you know make that all backfire and they get their restaurant back and they get their jobs back you know it's that kind of cliche just like oh no we gotta save the business and then we do and it was it was fun enough yeah. i didn't hate it the, the original good burger movie like it, it's kind of like what you're talking about like it's fine like it, it it's it's bad but it's bad in a very watchable way yeah um like it it's kind of funny and overly predictable but there's enough weird shit in it where it's kind of interesting yeah no most of the laughs were just from how ridiculously stupid that that one character was ed yeah he, he is dumb so. to the point of it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't all that sketch. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's it's never been, like, overly complicated. I can't believe, like, all that was a thing for so long. Because, mm. uh, like, it just kept going. I gotta see when it ended. Give me a minute. <laughs> it never ended. It's never over. Okay, I say that um, season ten was in two thousand five, so I'm I'm kind of exaggerating here. Um, time is weird when you're a kid. Um, time now just doesn't exist. Mm. Apparently, there was a season eleven that was meant to air in twenty twenty. Mm. Oh, must have been when they were like rebooting iCarly and all that other stuff. Um, oh, it did air in 2020. Oh, it aired from Ju- June 15th, 2019 to December 17th, 2020. Wow. Um, it's a pretty long season. Am, right? Yeah. That's a year and a half to a year season. And a, a year and a half for 35 episodes, so oh. I'm not sure how that worked out. I mean, even, um, yeah, 35 episode seasons a lot. They don't really do those anymore. No. But also, who's going to watch a kid's version of Saturday Night Live anymore? Mm. I don't know what <laughs> kids watch anymore. Aside from, like, Twitch streamers. They're all busy watching uh, kids opening surprise eggs. And... <laughs> is that is that what they're doing? That, uh, uh, that is, I mean, it. Well, I, I don't keep up. I don't know if that was a thing just from a couple years ago or if it's still a thing. But I know there's a whole thing of, like, kids wanting to watch videos of other kids either, like, playing with toys or opening up boxes and being surprised by the surprise toys. Or There's this kid, Ryan, whose parents have, like, pimped him out as a icon of toy shit. And he's got, like, a show and he's got a whole toy line based on him now. I don't know what's going to happen to that kid when he gets older. It seems like it'll scar him for life, but... Yeah. I mean, not any worse than being, like... Any other child celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, this one, it's... I guess it's at least independent. Or, you know, fairly independent. It's not as much, uh... You know, just his agent doing it to him, but... Have you you read the Jenny McCarty book? (laughs) Because, holy shit... Mm. 
I haven't read it, but I've seen excerpts of it, and damn, mm. um, not going too deep into that one. Uh. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, Good Burger Two was fun. <laughs> um, I guess quickly, let's see. I've been watching more Doctor Who. The show is real weird. Uh, I'm, I yeah. I don't know that I generally like the Matt Smith era as much as. You know, I, I still I think the the Christopher Eccleston ones are still the ones I like the best so far. Uh, maybe because those are the ones I've seen the most times because I have you know attempted to watch this show multiple times and usually end up starting there. Um, like the Matt Smith ones are where Stephen Moffat took over, and I can kind of see you know like when he's doing like one-off episodes they can be really good but when he's trying to do interconnected lore stuff even just in general just the interconnected lore stuff on these episodes just kind of makes my eyes glaze over cuz i'm not as deep in the paint as i am on like you know star wars expanded universe or whatever so it, it means nothing to me when a lizard person teams up with a person who looks like a giant egg and uh <laughs> and, and they're all just they gotta fight the lady with the eye patch and the headless Nazgul guys with laser swords and like I, what is any of this also I accidentally skipped two discs on my DVD collection and jumped in on an episode where I had even less of an idea what was going on than I would have if I had watched them in order because I, I forgot which episode I'd left off on um, and then also I've been watching Invincible Season 2, which has been coming out on Prime. It's, it's really good, like Season 1 was. Uh, I don't know, I, you know, I've been Googling some of the stuff from the comics to, you know, try to get an idea of where it's all going, because, you know, violent things are happening and characters are dying, but that's kind of the nature of the show. Yeah. Mark is still a good boy, I'm assuming. Yeah. Now, as of the latest episode, he uh, this bug alien showed up on Earth and asked for help, and then brought him back to his planet where it turns out Omni-Man's been living, uh, and trying to do better than he did on Earth, but it's complicated because Mark's mad that, you know, he can't even come home and apologize to, you know, his mom and wife. Uh, who is just a wreck uh, after, you know, the way things went down at the end of season one. and um, I could imagine. Yeah. And, uh, and and then it turns out, you know, he, he Omni-Man sent the, the bug guy to get Mark to come to this planet because he needs his help to defend it because the other Veltramites are coming to just destroy the whole thing to spite Omni-Man for leaving his post on Earth. Um and there's a big, brutal fight, and Omni-Man's been captured, and Mark is being sent back to Earth, but he's told, if you don't conquer the planet for Viltrum, we're gonna come back and kill everyone. Because the Viltrumites are basically the Saiyans. Um, I, I'm, I think DBZ, Dragon Ball uh, Z came out first, so it, it, it's probably yeah. inspired by I mean, that but it, it like the, the viltramites are like a cross between kryptonians but with the attitude and culture of saiyans yeah i mean dragon ball z was written in like the 80s yeah so 
Yeah, and became popular um, in the 90s, and Invincible, I want to say, was 2000s that the comic yeah. came out. So, Yeah, in the 2000s, DBZ was like already entrenched in um, like uh, the West. Yeah. So, yeah, like yeah, they could yeah. have been an inspiration. Yeah, like because Invincible has something very clear, you know, like the whole, the Guardians of the Globe are just justice league parodies it's like, yeah. like there there are very clearly like, allusions to other things in superhero media that they're you know like they're, they're they're doing that because they know like people will know what this trope is so they'll understand what it is they're doing when they're riffing on it to like add more emotional complexity to uh uh and like just yeah, surprise stuff to uh you know these familiar faces yeah, they'll imprint their feelings of the Justice League onto them. Yeah. Um, so that when Omni Man kills them in the first episode, yeah. um, it hits a little harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I had kind of mixed feelings about the first season, but I also re- just really wanted to see where it went. Mm. Um, yeah, like I I so. haven't cared enough to go track down the comics and actually read all of it, even though it is all interesting. It's it's kind of like Game of Thrones in that it's like, I don't need to know more, but I do want to see where this is going. Yeah. Yeah, like, if, if Invincible Season 2 never got made, I would... Like, I'd be... I'd be very passively upset. Mm. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um... But I'm I'm glad that it is getting made. I'll I'll put it that way. Or yeah. or is made. Yeah, it's it's airing now. They also they did a one shot origin story for Adam Eve and, and that was really good. It nice. ended up auto playing into that and it, it the way they've got the season set up it it's weird. It's like like you got season one and then season two and this one shot is like episode two hundred one to separate it from the, or I don't know like the the way they've got it ordered, it ends up that the one shot, even though it came out between seasons one and two, is listed after season two, and so when you get to the end of the most recent episode, it then tries to autoplay into that one every time. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. That's Crunchyroll does a similar thing where. Like the the way the site is set up, like every every different language dub is like a dis- a different season. Mm. So so there'll be like season one of a show, and then season one of a show in English, and then season one of a show in Spanish. Blah blah blah. Mm. Um. So <laughs> it's it's like, oh, you just finished this show. Um, do you want to watch it again in Portuguese? Mm. I'm like no, <laughs> no, I do not. Um, but yeah, it, at least at least the the one shot is like an actual part of the show, mm. and not just the show again, but in a different language. Yeah, yeah. But after I've already seen it, it seems weird to have another episode yeah. pending when I've seen the most recent one. Um. But, I, want, yeah. I wonder if it would go back around and play the first season again. Maybe. Um, 
I don't know. But yeah, that's that's everything I've watched lately, aside from the Disney movies, and also I watched Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves again, which I don't think we've talked about since you saw it. I, I don't remember. I think we briefly talked about it like twice. Maybe. <laughs> um, but like, I, I think it was just us like pointing out like how much we like it. Mm. Um, but, but without talking about it. And yeah, I mean, cause I've detail. talked about it at length when I first saw it, but I don't remember if, um, if we talked about it after you saw it or not. I honestly don't remember. Um, I need reaction it, gifts it, it, of like every minute of the movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, like just the one where the the bird guy uh, from the beginning mm. just comes on screen and like he looks he looks so stupid, but it's awesome. And his name is Jonathan. Um, <laughs> it's like the most half-assed. Like, hey, we need a name for this character. It's like, okay, uh, Jonathan, no Jonathan. Yeah. I, I I love so much how, how they uh, they they lead up to it like oh this is this is the bard um, he's waiting for this guy because he's the key to the plan to get out of here yeah. and you think like oh he's gonna persuade him yeah yeah because like, he keeps to, saying to like oh side. yeah Jonathan he's gonna be sympathetic to us and you know yeah. and it's great how he's like he he's narrating his backstory which we're seeing in flashback but then he will like point blank look at the camera and say so where's jarnathan in the middle of his flashback he will look at the camera and ask about jarnathan and then it cuts back to present when they're saying no we we can handle this we don't need to wait for him to show up right and then and then he he gets in late then uh the the prisoners are like oh he's here just immediately take him hostage and jump out the yeah, window. Yeah, they grab him and jump out a window uh, and use him as a hang glider, and then the dragonborn yeah. judge is like, but we approved your pardon! <laughs> as they're falling out the that. window. That is the funniest shit. Um, there's there's so many things where, like, just if you if you know the basic rules of D&D, you're like, oh, I, I I keep thinking about um when they're when they're in the graveyard and they're I forget the name of the the hero self insert guy uh, um, which what Edgin the Bard or no um the the DMPC oh Zenk yeah Zenk Yindar the Paladin um, yeah, he wasn't there for yeah. the the graveyard scene but no but like in in the graveyard scene. Um, when they they figure out where the the artifact they need is, they're like, "Oh, Zank has it," and then three of them just suddenly know who Zank is, mm. and uh, one of them doesn't. It's like, "Oh, three of them passed the history check, and one of them didn't." Mm. And the one um, who didn't has a bias against him because his backstory has, you know, the Thayans killed my wife. Right. It, it's it's just pretty funny how they sneak things in there like that mm. um, that makes sense, um, but they they never completely break the fourth wall. Like they never like wholly just say, "Oh, it's you know five people at a table." Mm. 
Um, and then and you got like the thing where like Simon is his introduction. He's doing magic tricks at this like small town theater, and he he like he does a cantrip to make the smell of grass. And one of the people in the audience is like, my five year old can do better magic than that. Because it's the world of D&D, and magic is a basic thing. You know, that kind of cantrip magic, right. yeah, any anyone with basic magic ability can do that. Prestidigitation, or thaumaturgy, or whatever version of yeah. that spell it is. The, the whole movie is just really... It's really well made, it's hilarious. Like, the, the, the part where he's... You know, there's a... I, I don't know what the, the spell is, but there's like a, a hologram uh, version of him singing to guards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably uh, just you know, like major illusion or minor illusion or one of those. Um, and it starts skipping like a record. Mm. Uh, his his face goes really weird. It, it's, it's just really fucking funny. Um... Also, the action is better than it has a right to be. Mm. Um, like it, it's not anything super special, but um, it is pretty great, especially near the end, um, the climax. Mm. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's really good. I need a I need to get it uh, on physically. Like I, I need a I need a disc. Mm. Yeah, I mean, since um, it's Paramount, the disc will probably end up being cheap at some point. I think yeah. Yeah, they they mass produce all their Transformers movies enough. But. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of movies that I'm I'm fine with just you know catching on streaming whenever I want to see it. Um, but there's there's some I want on disc so I could like look at a shelf like oh let's watch that mm. um, and I want that on the shelf. So Disney movies? Yeah. Do do you remember? <laughs> I can never remember where we left off. Was Chicken Little uh, the first one? I I feel I feel like that might have been the last one on the last episode. I'm not sure. Because I remember I watched. I actually did watch along for that one. Because um, uh, Incredibles was on the last one. That's I think. right. That was it, 2004. Chicken, Little. Chicken Little's 2005. So that was after yeah. that. I don't remember. Yeah, Chicken Little was the first one. On. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just checking real quick on what were the topics of last episode? Uh, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, Incredibles. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. So yeah. So it would have been Chicken Little, uh, Cars, um, Meet the Robinsons, Meet the Robinson, Bolt. Bolt, Ratatouille. And Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start with Chicken Little. Uh, it just kind of sucks. Mm. <laughs> like there, there's a lot of good parts of it. Um, the the fish mostly. Mm. Yeah, Adam uh, West playing the buff version of Chicken Little at the end. Yeah, I want to see that movie instead. That sci-fi movie they teased us with at the end. I would totally watch that. Yeah, it, it's like the the comedy works, but I don't. Yeah, like they they the 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 thing with Chicken Little and his dad, like it's 
it's okay. It's just kind of basic. Um, like it, it's it's a good thing that it, it's good that they went there, but like they just didn't go too far into it about um, his dad not believing him. You know. Yeah, and I guess that's all like that. the all they have to go on of the chicken little story is there was a chicken. He said the sky was falling, and he was freaking out over nothing and nobody believed him because uh, clearly this guy wasn't falling. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, like, why would they make a movie based on that mm. very short tale? Well, I mean, it's Disney. They gotta do fairy tales, but also have to turn it into, like, a high school story for some reason. About anthropomorphic yeah. animals at a high school. Oh yeah, and, and this the, over the, the top, fox just bully girl. ridiculously over the top bullying that nobody does anything about. You're like throwing children at windows, and it's like, yeah, that's fine. They're just roughhousing. Right. But it's fine because in the end, um, her brain gets scrambled, and now she's a perfect girlfriend for the runt of the litter. So mm, yeah. you know, happy ending, happy ending all around. Uh, that's not a weird thing mm. um, that happened at all. <laughs> yeah. That's a very weird movie. <laughs> it's like they, they didn't they didn't want to go a cliche route where like the, the bully is sorry for what she does. So they, they just um, kill off her personality mm. <laughs> and she's a new person. Uh, so, like, <laughs> oops. Maybe, maybe. Oops. Mm. Uh, it's fine though. The the fish is worth it. Also, I I do agree that the fish is kind of like group, where it's just everybody's doing something, and then he's he's just there um, having a laugh, but not really being able to talk. Yeah, like I remember watching like the behind the scenes features back when the movie came out, and like the guy who did the fish voice. Was I think it was just like a guy who worked on the movie, and was like, hey, "This is a funny sound. I figured out how to make and my kids like it, so uh, we turned it into a character." The animation sells it. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Um. Like I I don't like some of the character designs, but the actual animation isn't bad. Um. Like it's kind of. It's kind of flat, you know, like very yeah, it's early like that, mid two thousands. Yeah, early half baked CGI from yeah a, a group that didn't quite have as much of a grasp on it as uh, Pixar or DreamWorks. Yeah, Meet the Robinsons yeah, like, had that know, same problem. Yeah, I I think Meet the Robinsons was actually kind of worse. Mm. Like they they did better with color. Um, but still, it, it didn't look great. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going kind of back and forth on Chicken Little, because it did try. <laughs> like, it tried to have, like, an actual thing with, with the dad, but, mm. like, it, it, I don't know. Didn't do it very well. So, eh. Like, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, if if this is one of the worst Disney movies, then 
you know, they're not doing that bad, but yeah. well, the worst one since Wish. <laughs> God, I mean, we'll we'll see. I'll just wait till we get there. Yeah, I mean that one. I I can wait until it comes out on uh, Disney Plus, and we'll give it a shot then. But the reviews aren't very promising right now. Or yeah. I guess I I don't know. I mean, the audience reviews I guess have been decent. And it's just the critical reviews that are like, this is leaning way too much on, you know, like, nostalgia and just being kind of a cookie. It, it's the Disney's 100th anniversary movie. And that I guess they play so hard on their own tropes that it just ends up feeling flat. For the critics, at least. Well, that that's the thing. Like, you can, you can do... Like the the Renaissance Disney formula, but if you don't do it well, like people aren't gonna like it mm. <laughs> because they have they have so much to compare it to. Um, so if it you know if you're not knocking it out of the park, you might as well just not do it. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, Chris I, Pine gets to play like an evil bastard villain. Yeah. But even yeah, then, I've, there's complaints people... that it's like they made him so irredeemably evil that it it didn't work. I don't know. We'll see when it actually comes yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, I I'll get to it eventually. Um, yeah, no. By by the time you're up to uh, that point in the timeline, it'll hopefully be out yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been through sixty years of Disney, and I don't feel like I'm any closer mm. <laughs> to finishing than I than I was in friggin' January. I mean, at this point, you're um, in the era of movies that we've seen as they came out. Yeah, yeah, like I'm I'm I've seen most of these. I mean, the, like when they came out. Yeah, like there's not, there's more of them. You know, like more yeah. releases per year. So there's a little bit more there, but, uh, um, but yeah, they, I mean, it it feels recent at least where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I saw Incredibles and Ratatouille in theaters. Yeah. Um, I played the chicken little game on GameCube. Mm. (laughs) I, I, I didn't see the movie for a while after that. But, um, yeah, like, I'm familiar with everything we're watching now, um, even if I haven't actually seen it in 15 years. Mm. Um, at least we still have a while before Pixar goes downhill. Yeah, I mean, we're you know, cresting the peak of Pixar, yeah. and uh, and then the plunge will happen. You know, yeah. I mean, the the peak of Pixar is Incredibles, and then it it dips a little and kind of levels off, mm. um, and then and then you hit Cars too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because I think like <laughs> and then know, it's just wild. I still I feel like Ratatouille and Wally are still part of their peak, and like up, yeah. ha- you know, ten minutes of up is also part of the peak, and Toy Story three probably hasn't aged as well as uh, it yeah. seemed at the time. I, I know Toy Story 3 is good, though. Yeah. Like, it, it's... 
I I'll probably feel that it's kind of what's the word cloying, mm. <laughs> like just try, trying to you know trying to get a reaction. Yeah, I mean, because uh, Toy Story three was force. kind of the tipping point of these are the movies that make you cry. Um, it worked in Up and uh, you know a little bit in Wally and stuff. You know, like the, having the big emotional moment. I think Toy Story three is the point where they decided this is what we're about and it just became a thing yeah. for every one of their movies for like a decade minus cars yeah. too which was just dumb but you know i guess i don't know it's a feature length mater's tall tales because uh, they did that and then they did brave and then they did monsters university and I don't know the projects they were greenlighting. It it just seemed like a lot of weird choices. I I like Brave well enough, um, but it's not good. Really, yeah. like it's okay. I mean, I'm um, I might be interested in rewatching Brave just because now I will associate it with the. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the. Uh, it was either Drawfee or one of their, like, side streams. They, they did a thing where Julia started doing this, you know, like, I, I think, I think it was a Drawfee episode, because they had, they were just like, the, they got, like, random words, and they had to, like, draw a picture based on the word. And one of the words yeah. was Marobiba. And Julia just started doing this silly voice of, uh, like a, like a riff on Merida from Brave. I'm just like, I'm Marobiba. Uh, if you want to be brave, would you? And, uh, and it's just, you know, it, it just went on and on and it, it was great. Uh, this like animatics people have done of Marobiba. Uh, so I, I feel like if I watch Brave again, I'm just going to be thinking about Marobiba. Like That's the like sock puppet good. version of Merida. I've 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 seen some of Drawfee, but um, it, it's a type of thing where like they release something every day, and I'm like, I don't want another <laughs> YouTube channel that releases every day. Yeah, I mean, I used to um, watch them more often, and I think in order to avoid getting copyright struck, they've been doing less, you know, franchise-based things. But that also, those were the ones I was interested. Like, I want to see their riffs on Pokemon and. Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if they're making like we're gonna make a picture based on the feeling a song gave us. I I, I don't care. Or yeah. It's like we're, we're reimagining obscure anime characters. <laughs> well, they're, they're so obscure I didn't know who they were to begin with. You know, Spiel is still legendary. Yeah. <laughs> Spiel is just like a. It was like a buff, like, ball security card. Yeah, he's like, a, cell, a, a mall cell phone salesman. Yeah. yeah. But he's, uh, like, hunched over and got kind of ape arms. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did spiel, they did spiel again, and it was like a cow riding a giant sword. Nice. That's amazing. Art, art, art is amazing. Mm. Um, uh, so anyway, Chicken Little kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I suppose no. 
And that was confirmed. Yeah. But I somehow like it more than Meet the Robinsons. Uh, I mean, do we <laughs> want to do Cars which... for it? Because Cars was in between. Yeah, we, we can we can go to Cars. Mm-hmm. Um, cars is good. Um, it's good, but not great. Mm. Which is somehow a step down for Pixar. Well, you know, like right after Incredibles. Yeah, like I remember when it um, came out, I liked it, and everyone said it was bad, and like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about it because it it is good. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really put off by the weird world building of it that I think a lot of people were. You know, the idea yeah. of like it's a world where there's talking cars, but also there's there's still buildings and stuff, but also they're they're all it, it's all just car puns. It's like a, a it's world like of visual you... car puns and. The core of it is the emotion of a big city guy having to slow down to small town speed. Yeah, it's it's like if you think about the logistics of, you know, the Toy Story world or the Incredibles world, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that don't really make sense. Yeah. Um, but they don't need to because they're not really important to the story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the first Cars does have just a lot of heart to the characters. Um, yeah. And, like, actual character growth of the Lightning starting off as just you know, this, like, arrogant jackass who actually learns to care about other people. Yeah, it, it's it's actually really well done. Like, it, yeah, yeah, it's really basic, I guess, but... Um... They do it really well. He actually has to earn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it, it's like it's a sports movie where he has to, f- you know, willingly fail at the end in order to win. Yeah. Because winning. Yeah. Wasn't important, and they're not gonna pull that, you know, bullshit of like, you learn that winning isn't important, and then you win. You know, like right. you actually win win the game. Like no, uh, Chick Hicks wins the game, but he was a jackass, and everyone sees him being a jackass on you know national TV. So he's rejected for just being a bad person. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just good. Yeah. Like it's it's good, but not. Not in a super interesting way, mm. uh, you know. Like it's it's um it, it you know it's like 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 we were talking about. Like if you think about the logistics of the world, that looks like it's built for humans, but it's actually built for cars. Like it does it make sense? No, but it doesn't really have to. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like it's it's a little sappy. The whole thing of yeah. the, the like the, this like small roadside town pining for the good old days of when traffic used to come through here before the highway was built yeah but yeah it's like i it's like genuine in the emotion it's trying to go for right right like i i still completely believe that they just made it to sell toys yeah um, but as a thing that was made just to sell toys, it's really damn good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like, I know because this was all like mid two thousands. This was the era when DVDs actually had bonus features explaining stuff from behind the scenes, and it wasn't just like promo material like it is now. And also, I actually watched all that stuff. Um, 
I remember Cars, like the behind the scenes was that after just all the craziness of the big projects at Pixar, John Lasseter and his family went on a road trip and like that experience of just, you know, leaving the chaos of like work and, you know, living in like a more populated area and just like driving down a country road was, you know, kind of what inspired the, I guess, like, the emotional beats of uh, the movie. You know, the, yeah. the journey of the character having to, you know, learn to live just, you know, a, a simpler life. Yeah, I I wish it was the last one. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, I think, you know, I think the first one did, there was, you know, some, like, actual, you know, emotional stuff they were going for with that, but it did make so much toy money, because, uh, I mean, like, Toy Story was one that they literally made to make toys. They wanted to make right. toys, and then, so they made a movie about toys. Cars, I think, like, there was, like, maybe that was a factor in it, because cars are popular toys, but they did have, you know, characters and story and emotion that if it was told with characters who are not marketable cars or like toy cars, you know, they still could have conveyed that story with different characters. Um, but after that, you know, all of the spin-offs, you know, like Cars 2 and 3, uh, Planes, um, Mater's Tall Tales, like all, all that stuff is, you know, continuing to keep the car's toy engine alive because it was yeah. a very popular toy in a way that like every one of these movies has toys for it but the cars ones actually sold far and away even better than the tickets for the movie would it surprise you if i said i'm actually curious to see cars 3 i mean because cars 3 isn't bad i don't think i mean cars 3 is it it's uh, a movie like lightning's getting old and it i guess it, it's almost like the top gun maverick of cars where it's the the old man has to come back and you know all these young kids all their newfangled technology and stuff but they they're all using that as a crutch and i got to show them how to do it without all that to you know like it's not bad, but it it is almost like an old man movie. Yeah, he is Doc Hudson. Yeah, Doc Hudson's in the scrapyard. Yeah, like I haven't heard anything about a Cars four, so so far Cars three is you know like unlike the Toy Story movies that just keep coming and coming after they you know definitively ended it. Um, Cars 3 does seem like, you know, like that is actually... Like, they told the old man story, and they're letting it end with the old man story. I hope they make a bug's life, too. <laughs> that would be funny. Mm. Well, I mean, because they're not averse... They were for a long time. They didn't want to do any sequels. And they were forced to make yeah. Toy Story 2. And then... You know, they went ahead and did Toy Story 3, but they did it in a way where they're like, this is the end of it, and then it wasn't. Um, but then, yeah, then they did, like, Monsters, Inc. prequel, 
which I remember not being bad as a movie. It's just I don't know why it exists. Um, and like yeah. Finding Dory, like yes, Finding Nemo was really good, and sure the movie is for what it is good, but it's like why did you why make this? And then Incredibles 2 was like, oh, yeah, here's one where you actually ended the first one on a stinger, and I wanted to see what happens next, and then you just kind of did the same movie over again. Yeah. Incredibles 2 is one I'm really not ready for. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, you still have, you know, like, more than a decade of movies to get yeah. through before that. Yeah. Um, so after Cars was Meet the Robinsons, yep. which... Yeah, we met the Robinsons. There were I, a lot of them. I hated, I hated more than I thought I would. Mm. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't like the way the movie looks. Um, yeah, it looks like a Nicktoon. It's like Jimmy Neutron the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um... I like the way the movie looks. It, it the the story's kind of weird. Um, with the the time shenanigans. Um, yeah, the it doesn't really pick a uh, a time travel logic. It's just whatever the moment in the movie needs to happen. Yeah, and it just raises so many questions. Like, at the end, he meets his family from the future, and then he goes back in time. Uh, like, with the knowledge that he's going to marry this girl and have these kids. Yeah. And like, then he's hey, going to um, have a different name, because the guy who adopts him just randomly is like, you don't look like a Lewis, you look like a... And then he completes it with the predestination paradox name that he's seen from the future that he was in. Yeah. But also, when he was in that future, and um, his the villain changed a moment in the present, it changed the whole timeline so that now robots are in charge of everything, and it just kind of, like, ripple effect, everything changed, and then when they undid that ripple effect, everything changed back around them. Like, that's not how time works. So. Yeah. It just—they're playing, you know, so fast and loose with time travel that it's—it's it's not the point. But the thing that is the point just doesn't have enough of. Uh, I don't know. Just yeah, you can't feel the characters well enough to ignore the problems. Yeah, like the the villain is the only character I really give a shit about. To be and honest. even that is—it's like. His childhood roommate who just wanted to play baseball but was kept up all night because of his noisy inventions and was like yeah. falling asleep and you know like hooked on coffee at like eight years old. Um, and yeah, he just decided to stay in the orphanage forever even after it shut down and he somehow grew like a giant chin and weird teeth and uh, <laughs> became this like snidely whiplash motherfucker and uh and now is and then ends up 
teaming up with a mind control hat that he made in the future but rejected because it's a bad piece of technology that could destroy the world um and and yeah so i, I don't know it's just it's it's weird i i like how at the end um all lewis needs to do <laughs> like it, it's it's kind of stupid yeah, like just all says, lewis so- needs to do to beat the hat and is just say I'm not gonna invent you, yeah. and then it disappears. Yeah, yeah and then he <laughs> fixes Goob's entire life by waking him up, bef- you know, during the baseball game. So he catches the baseball, which fixes his self-esteem, which is the real issue. Because we see even in his flashbacks, like e- he thinks everyone hates him because he lost this yeah. baseball game. Really, they all forgot about it, but he was just so holding on to that that he yeah. like that, was brooding for that's actually like a really decades. good scene where where like he he's in his flashback he's like walking through the school locker room yeah and they're, they're like oh hey goob do you want to hang out <laughs> and he's like everyone <laughs> hated he me. just keeps going yeah <laughs> like it, it's Oh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, it's a it's a time travel story. Get it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's. I like the villain. I don't really like anything else. The future family is the most annoying, oh, like yeah. bad shit, law random shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, like they they seem to think that you should care about them but i really don't not at all yeah Um, i mean it's like you're just looking at them like okay so who were you in the past that i can link you up to because it's like they've got the frog girl girl was obvious what happened to wednesday adam and your killer ants see that's interesting she married goob okay (laughs) that's my head cannon um yeah i I don't know do we even do we get to see new timeline goob after he yeah, fix it. yeah so. I don't think we see what he looks like in the alternate universe. Or amended. I mean, like, Lewis isn't in his life anymore, I don't think. Like, he still just goes on to be this super successful guy, and he apparently never talks to Goob again. Yeah. He just fixes his life and fucks off. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it, it's, it's not good. I like how colorful it is. Like, I, I like some of the weird character designs um aside from the faces the faces are weird um but like yeah every everything of substance just isn't that good um i like i like that whatever he controls an animal with with the hat it's like you you know like i don't really have really good arms i don't think this was really well thought out like i that's a joke that landed for me. Um, the rest, not so much. It, it's like it's better than like Home on the Range and Dinosaurs, but like that's what I'm comparing it to. So mm. you know, not great. Um, and then it's. Bolt. Yep. Like we Ratatouille tech technically comes next, but we watch Bolt first. Yep. Um and Bolt is actually really good. Yep. Like it's 
it's kind of like on the level of cars for me where it's like oh i really i really enjoyed this um it, it's not like one of the best animated movies i've ever seen though mm. you know but yeah i mean like the animations you know, a lot of like the expression animations really good on it yeah 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 they're still working out some of the yeah, textures like, like they got the fur down but some things are still a little too smooth yeah, like Rhino the Hamster, they actually went pretty hard on um, to give, like, his facial animations, I mean. Mm. And, you know, this being another one where I watched all the bonus features, Rhino was voiced by the guy who, you know, like, when they were, like, pitching storyboards in, like, the animation, the, the guy who was doing that got so enthusiastic while doing Rhino that they offered him the job of doing the voice in the actual movie of Rhino. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, Pixar actually does that a lot, it seems like. Mm. Um, I got... Uh, there's a few... I'm trying to think of it. Um... Was it like Brad Bird and um, Incredibles? Yeah. Um, I think there's a few more that I can't think of off the top of my head. Well, I mean, because Brad Bird was the For director like some... of Incredibles, so right. You know, he kind of cast himself as Edna Mode in that one. Maybe it's not Pixar I'm thinking about. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it 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 seems like with a lot of animated. Um, stuff that's what they they do like it's easier to just throw you know somebody with no proper experience out there mm. um yeah i mean because they got celebrities for their like main cast but yeah is this yeah because i mean john travolta obviously like he's a weird choice for a dog but it he, he does yeah great. i mean because he does um, almost like a kid voice for bolt it, it's like a you know kind of lighter friendlier version of his voice yeah because he's playing because um, bolt is like a naive innocent who you know has been gaslit into thinking he's a superhero dog and that's like the plot is uh him you know finding out and accepting that he's not I don't remember. I don't remember where we were. Uh, Bolts um, and the voice cast, and I mean, I guess just the movie in general. Yeah, like it, 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 it's kind of fun because it was a movie from two thousand eight, so all of the stuff about like superhero movies was a riff on the two thousand eight superhero movies, but it still feels relevant because they're still making them. Yeah, but they're still everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's honestly less like it's more like secret agent, uh, mm. which I mean, there, there's not. That, but like, there's I, not I really guess like the much campier, like James Bond esque, because yeah. you know, you've got like guys on motorcycles with these little cat eye symbols on their helmets, because they're all part of this. I mean, I guess it is like a James Bond thing of you know, you've got the villain with the weird eye, and he's got a cat. Uh, and the cats are yeah. evil, and their whole theme is cats. 
because it, it just is. And they sing the song from Cats. Mm. And it's a um, weirdly high-budget TV show, because it looks like a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. But then they say, actually, this is a TV show that we're doing, and we, you know, have yeah, ratings points. Like yeah, <laughs> it's like they got like ratings points, and they have to keep uh, market demographics from changing the channel. And but then, and then, I mean, it, it doesn't add up. It it doesn't matter, you know. Unlike, uh, you know, some of the movies, you know, I said where it's like that. There's you know plot holes, and it. You know, because the emotion of the movie doesn't hold it up, it doesn't work. I think this one, the emotion of the movie does hold it up, so it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense that, like, uh, the, the the conceit is that all of these scenes from the superhero parts we see are being done practically so that the dog doesn't realize he's not actually doing stuff with superpowers. But then there's, like, a part where he's, like, holding a car by, like, the fender with his mouth over the edge of a bridge. And the only way they could do that practically is if there was, like, wires up above. But we see that there's, you know, the, like, the, there's pan-back shots. We don't see, like, a crane or a helicopter or anything holding this car up. You know, it's just the dog holding the car there. So, it, like, yeah. how did they manage this without Bolt noticing something was up? Yeah, it's it's kind of in the air, like where the where the line is between what's an actual movie prop and what is like. Oh, it, he's just a dog. He's dumb. Yeah, um, yeah. Because even a cause car like, that size, even if it was all made of styrofoam, it, he's still holding it in his mouth. Wouldn't be able to balance it that well. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure a car's worth of styrofoam is equal to one medium-sized dog. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, just like the balance alone on, you know, like where the center yeah. of gravity on something like that would be. Yeah, I mean, that that's actually true with a lot of superhero things. Like, even if Superman is able to lift an entire building... Yeah. It's like, he's got to hold it. He yeah, he's got to hold it from the specific structure point, or else it's all going to collapse around the point that he picked it up right. from. Right. Like, uh, like there's or, a lot of physics yeah. things. Because it's like, okay, like how much does Superman weigh? Like, because if he weighs, like, say, you know, even three hundred pounds, which you know, like, let's say he's like a bodybuilder. Yeah, like I mean, he, like, just has the density or something to increase yeah. his mass. But but like when when he when he super punches something he should still fly back but like that's not yeah yeah especially know, when he's doing like, it in the air there's no traction you know no ground resistance to yeah stabilize him but like that that's a that's a thing that you know you don't really think about because it's not important yeah you know uh, unless they point it out you know something like. In the first season of Invincible. Yeah, um, I mean, because I guess like if he flies forward and then hits someone, then he'd be, you know... Like, he might get pushed back a little, but he would be, like, imparting that kinetic motion onto the other object, so he would be stopped yeah. by the impact and then transfer the motion into the thing. Yeah. 
like it, it it's this is all like super nerd shit yeah uh, the 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 really important thing in Bolt that broke my <laughs> that broke my immersion yeah, is that there are no uh, fire extinguishers in that entire studio despite them having live you know like just <laughs> torch there's like torch flame uncontained mm. nobody has a single fire extinguisher but they did prepare a crash pad for you know the girl who's hanging up in the air like see my very uneven dumber. Uh, security <laughs> measures on this my 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 thing is that bolt didn't know what food was because oh. <laughs> i mean like yeah because he's definitely eaten okay, food like I, but i guess they must feed him so often he's never experienced being hungry yeah well like even if he's not like he knows he has to eat right mm. <laughs> like that's not it's not just a thing he does yeah, yeah i don't know like they've gaslit him into thinking he has like power pills that are keeping his powers in, or something i don't know they're, yeah i mean i you're feeding him in vitro when he's asleep <laughs> oh god uh, uh but but yeah the the that studio is definitely getting sued. Mm. <laughs> like that like the the reason Penny doesn't have to work there anymore is because she got a massive lawsuit from the studio about almost dying in a in a fire. Yeah. Um also I wanted to see her mom just beat the shit mm. out of the agent. Yeah, Mr. Put a pin in it. Yeah. You weren't inspired like, by I, his riding his baseball glove to school every day like it was a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had seen that, I would have been pretty inspired. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, it's just, like, I just, I love how stupid of an attempt, you know, he's like trying to like tell a sympathetic story and he's so bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for context for people yeah. who haven't seen Bolt, the, there is this agent, and he's just a jackass who is, you know, like, willfully ignoring any problem. Penny, the girl who is Bolt's owner, has, he's just like, let's just put a pin in that. Uh, and at one point, like, after Bolt's, you know, run off, um, he, he says, he tells the story about how, like, he wanted a bicycle, you know, as a way of saying, like, we, we can't always get what we want. Saying, like, I wanted a bicycle as a kid, and I was given a baseball glove. So I rolled that baseball glove to school every day. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> See, the, the truth is, he had an actual superpower dog that would just bring him to school. He just thought it was a baseball glove because he's a fucking idiot. Um, but anyway, Bolt good. I will stop making fun of him. Yeah. Now you have experienced uh, it. I, I mean, I I only I only really made fun of it because I, I knew it was kind of annoying. Mm. <laughs> um, because I I knew you had seen it. Yeah, and you, you were like, well, it's not actually that bad. So I was no, like, actually, I did. Yeah, you know, Bolt I, over here fucking watched stinks. it a bunch <laughs> around when it came out. Yeah. There's Rhino and Mittens and Mr. Carrot, the squeaky carrot. Yeah. And that scene at the end when it is unrealistic and 
weird. They almost burned to death. It's still just, I don't know, it's just emotional to watch. Yeah, I mean, it got me because, um, like, she's just laying there passing out from the smoke. And instead of just running out, uh, he just, like, lays by yeah. her, which is... Like, I'm tearing up right now thinking and, and about And just, it. like, the music. Yeah. You know, like, Bolt's theme yeah. song is good. You know, when he's, like, bounding was over that, the flames and... Doo, doo, was that the one that was doo, Danny Elfman? Uh, I, I... Is it? I don't know. I mean, I think... One of, one was of it them Meet was the Danny Robinsons that was Danny Elfman? It, it might have been. Um... I mean, I didn't notice when I was watching Meet the Robinsons that anything about the music was interesting. No. Uh, Music by John Powell and Bolt. Okay. So not... Yeah. One of them was Danny Elf. It probably was Meet the Robinsons. Uh, I mean, it looks like Google's showing me in reverse chronological... Okay, Meet the Robinsons was Danny Elfman. Okay. Which, I, yeah, I didn't notice any of the music in that being particularly good either. He also did the music to Fifty Shades of Grey and its two sequels. <laughs> okay, well, that makes a little more sense, honestly. Um, I haven't seen Fifty Shades of Grey, but now I'm wondering how whimsical the music is. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it's all just like a porn jam? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but all, all of a sudden it just gets really dark <laughs> and then it just becomes the spider-man theme song <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be funny it <laughs> Just <laughs> like that, like she's in cuffs, and like he's he's like railing her off screen. <laughs> the yeah, just, just the Spider-Man music, and then we like pan back into you know just like a gyroscope of cuffs and whatever. It's like we're flying through a tunnel for some reason because it's a two thousands uh, superhero <laughs> intro. And then there's there's a newspaper on the t- t- desk, like random woman bangs the <laughs> next to a <laughs> naked J- picture J- of Spider Man. <laughs> Peter, I don't want pictures of Spider Man. Get me pictures of this guy banging his not wife. JJ's just a massive person. <laughs> He wants nude uh, pictures of Spider-Man now. He's had enough regular. <laughs> Spider-Man's just pissing in an alley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> JJ doesn't want to publish it because the, the dick is too big. And he's jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man has massive <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Paul. Yep. Um, no, it it's 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 good. It like it, it's it's a hell of a lot better than anything else. Mm. 
um, in this era. Yeah, oh yeah, because it, it was... It is the best movie since Treasure Planet. Yeah, because like, I was looking at the credits on Meet the Robinsons, because I knew around that time was when like Lasseter had been in charge of Pixar, and then they brought him over to Disney Animation to try to get them to turn their shit around after, you know, buying out the kingdom of Pixar. Um, they, uh... So, I, I thought Bolt was the first one he was, like, involved... And maybe Bolt was the first one he was involved in from the beginning to get them to, like, you know, get a better creative direction and maybe have, like, a heart to the story that is a little, little more thought out than... Chicken Little or Meet the Robinsons? Because he he was in the credits of Meet the Robinsons, but I'm assuming he must have come in late on that project or something. Another thing, Meet the Robinsons, there's just two dudes that hang out in flower pots in front of the house. Mm. Um, And like they're they're not actually family, but they they just live in the flower pots. Yeah. Um, That's weird. Yeah, they haven't an octopus butler (laughs) and a guy who's married to his hand puppet. Yeah, and they have kids. Yeah, yeah. He knocked out that hand puppet. Somehow. Must be really good at oral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a hand job and a blow job at the same time. <laughs> uh, so rat patootie. Uh. uh... I don't even know how to talk about Rabbit because, like, it's obviously it's really yeah. good, um, but like it, it's it's kind of slow. Um, it's no Rakakuni. No, Rakakuni is. I I want a whole movie of Rakakuni. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the Best Picture winner from last year, go watch. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we talked about everything everywhere all at once, at least. Once we, we or did. twice last year, we yeah. did. Um, the, the, there's an alternate universe where she's a she. She basically plays like the the part of Kobe. Yeah. Well, because it starts off as somebody makes a reference to the idea of like controlling someone else, and she says, "Oh, like that movie Rakakuni," and everyone's like, "No, you mean Ratatouille." And then we see there's an alternate <laughs> universe where actually, yes, there is a Rakakuni. And it is a raccoon that is puppeting <laughs> a guy while hiding under his chef hat. <laughs> I, that that shit killed me. Uh, so it's it's the payoff of a joke that then just con- it becomes part of the multiverse of just all all of these like crazy story arcs happening simultaneously yeah. across these different and then universes. She, she- she breaks down. She tries to control everything. She ends up like selling out the the raccoon to um, like the pest control. Yeah. Um, yeah so she's basically <laughs> the chef the from uh, Ratatouille. Yeah, and then at at the end, uh, you know, she's she's getting over. Like she's finding the the emotional center for herself. Um, and then she she like puts the the chef guy who was getting controlled by the raccoon on on her shoulders and like tries to run after the 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 truck with the raccoon on it. Uh, and it's really emotional, <laughs> like 
Wait, doesn't she like ride on his shoulders and like pull his hair or something? To because that's how he it, has it, to be. It was controlled. one of the two. I don't. I don't yeah, remember. it's like he can't do anything um, unless somebody's pulling on his hair. So she has to be the yeah. one who pulls his hair so he can go save the raccoon. And it's beautiful, and that scene ends with a fucking rock with googly eyes, and it's the most emotional thing I've ever mm. seen. <laughs> What a what a great movie! That, that's that might be one of my favorite movies to ever win Best Picture mm. because most of them are just yeah like movies about Hollywood or some shit yeah just some sad emotional story that doesn't have any like like they they don't like having fantastical elements in their uh, no. their big winners usually. It has to either be like about making movies or some historical event. Yeah. Like that that's the only two types of movies that win best picture. Yeah. And and occasionally and, they'll throw a bone to Lord of the Rings Return of the King or everything yeah. everywhere all at once. And that movie had to have two other movies two other three hour long movies leading up to it for it to yeah. win. Um, yeah, Marvel hasn't gotten one. Star Wars hasn't gotten one. Not that I think any of those really necessary. I mean, they, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's weird anyway. You know, how do you judge these like apples and oranges of movies and decide which one is, you know, the best of all of them for any given year? The it's like, the only superhero movies I think could potentially earn it is logan or into the spider-verse mm. yeah um, spider-verse got it for animated which was already a big deal beating out you know whatever that yeah. year's disney pixar was let's see what was 2018 pixar had incredibles too oh. which holy shit no. yeah um was that was that Moana? No, Moana was twenty sixteen. I can't remember if Frozen Two was twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. I think it was twenty nineteen. Off breaks the internet. Oh yeah, that crap. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess the competition wasn't really there. Yeah. A couple half ass sequels out of uh Disney Pixar that year. Yeah. So like you know, I'll I'll throw in game in there just because you know, kinda like the Return of mm. the King. They were like, you know, the the culmination. Yeah, acknowledging of this. the importance of the series. Yeah. So, like, out of those three, like, those are the like the three that would deserve it. Yeah. Right? Like, are, are you in agreement? Yeah. Although, I mean, I still think like the the Oscars as like an institution isn't looking for the things general audiences are like it's become the number one show yeah. and they definitely you know have profited off of that and try to keep people interested but their goals are not general audience goals you know they're yeah. they're looking for specific types of movies that yeah like i'm, I'm just saying like those are the three that stood any kind of yeah they like I, deserve I think, a prestigious uh, award but um, maybe not necessarily the Oscar because the Oscars are looking for, you know, the, the stuff that they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking to legitimize their own institutions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that 
like that that's a that's a really um what's the word cynical way of looking yeah. at it but it's 100 percent. yeah true. i mean they'll ask they make a fuck ton of money so <clears throat> that they we're allowed to be cynical about them yeah um, they're not a charity <laughs> so anyway rest <Ratatouille. Yep. laughs> um, i mean uh, I don't, does anybody not know anything about ratatouille like i like how do you talk about ratatouille because i i can't mm. uh well i mean we're, we're like, almost at two hours anyway so like like it's it's about a rat that wants to cook and um, a guy who wants to cook, but he's he's bad. He, like he can't cook because he's bad at it, and he's bad at most learn, things. Apparently. But is uh, apparently like so weirdly limber that pulling his hair makes his body puppet like a marionette. Yeah. And this rat figures out how to pull his hair and move him around the kitchen. And and then yeah, like they're working together to great success, but also they have you know their own goal. And he's falling in love with one of the other chef ladies, and Remy the rat is trying to you know get respect that he can't get because he has to remain secret. So you know you get the whole arc of like their purposes cross, and then they split up, and then they have to get back together. In time for the big, uh, impressing the critic who cannot be impressed, who was apparently so mean that the previous chef died of a broken heart, like Padme at the end of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> it's it's interesting to me how they like because like, he's in the movie at the beginning, like uh, Ego the, the oh, critic. Yeah. Yeah, um, the flashback He's in shots the movie from... at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really show up as, like, an antagonist until the end. Yeah, he's just... Um, so it's kind of like a reverse up. Yeah, I mean, because I guess, like, the main antagonist is the head chef who uh, has been kind of driving the business into the ground and just turning Gusto into, like, a Chef Boyardee, the like, parody of a chef. Um, you know, he's, he's trying to make money off of the whole thing, but doesn't have, like, a lot of heart behind it, and then he feels really threatened by, you know, Gusto's long-lost son being here, um, and, you know, it, rather than, like, I guess, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, like, like, yes, Linguini, you know, is, like, swiping the business out from under him, and has a legal claim to it for some reason um you know which is a whole other bag of worms but you know i i think the head chef guy probably could have handled that better you know because linguini is your employee like you can still find a way to play yourself up while playing him up he doesn't have to be one or the other um yeah He's 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 a very small man physically League? who is also <laughs> small and insecure <laughs> emotionally. Have you ever seen the movie Major League? Uh, I don't think. I mean, like maybe parts of it on TV or something. It's it's like a baseball movie with Charlie Sheen. Okay. Um, I've seen like basketball. Ba- basically, <laughs> is it similar to basketball? 
the the movie from the South Park guys? Not really, no. (laughs) It's not similar to basketball, which I just remembered as a thing. Yeah, I, I saw it when uh, I was on the South Park kick, and I wanted to see the things they did in live action. So I've seen Basketball and Orgasmo. I, I, the only, the only good thing they've done is Team America World yeah. Police. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, in in Major League, the the whole plot is um, the the new. There's a, a new owner that buys this uh, Major League Baseball team, um, but she doesn't want the team to succeed. She wants them to lose so that they uh, so that she can sell the team and move to a different city. Um, so, like, she just hires a bunch of nobodies, mm. um, and it's, it's got the same feel as uh, the the head chef in Ratatouille, where it's like. Okay, like you, you could be doing your best and having everybody succeed, but now you're just dragging it into the ground on purpose for no reason. Yeah, so he has to keep um, the restaurant in a good enough standing that it doesn't shut down, so he can keep selling his like branding of Chef Gusto. But he doesn't want to yeah. do anything beyond that, and it's threatening to him that anyone in his you know employ could go beyond that. So you, you know what sucks about Ratatouille? Um, all of those chefs are out of a job now. Mm. Like, just because they walked off on their own, um, because he had a rat controlling him, like, it doesn't mean that they were bad people. Like, they just don't have a job. Uh, wait, didn't um, they come back later? Did I forget? Right. No. Um, the only one who came back was Colette. Yeah. Um, and at the end, when they they made their own small restaurant, like it, it looks like it's just Remy and oh yeah, because the whole place still got um, shut down because of her cooking. Rats. Yeah, Gusto's Gusto's died. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's Paris, so hopefully, you know, there are plenty of other places all the yeah. the other chefs could go. But like they they make this whole thing early in the movie where it's she's like like look at this band of misfits like we <clears throat> like we're all fucking weirdos but we we work together to make this kitchen mm. run and then at the end like they they just all walk out. Yeah, I mean I guess we so, can imagine you know, that all of them except for Colette are all off running another restaurant together. And it's like, hey, yeah. what happened, to Colette and? That new yeah. kid. But I, I mean, like, they, they work, like, it, it'll come out that they worked at restaurants, at a restaurant with, like, a severe rat infestation. Mm. <laughs> it's like they might not ever get a job again. Like, I, I don't, like, I'm, I'm way Yeah, I mean, like, it has a severe infestation, like, but also, like, glowing reviews from the hardest critic in the, in the city. Yeah. <laughs> They make ratatouille with real rats. <laughs> ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Alright, that's all I got. The next Disney movie is Princess and the Frog, I believe. Uh, yeah, oh, let's see. So we're up to 2008. So the next Pixar one is Wally, which was the same year as Bolt. 
And then I think Princess and the Frog was 2009, okay. along with Up. Yeah. Um, Wally Up, Princess and the Frog, Toy Story yeah. 3, and um, Tangled? Yeah, Tangled, I don't, it was either yeah, 2010 or 2011. It's 2010. Okay. So yeah, those are the next five. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, yep, we got like Princess, Princess and the Frog, Frog, the great return to 2D animation. Oh yeah, that didn't yeah, They brought back the 2Ds. And then put them in sacks again and threw them out the window again. Yeah. Princess and the Frog is yeah. good. It just wasn't successful. Yeah, yeah and I guess there was there's or, also like, the Winnie I, the Pooh. I think it was that. successful. So there's you know just not just not like very successful. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah, and then they went back to Winnie Pooh at the time. Yeah. So there was one more two D movie that snuck in there, but it being Winnie the Pooh, yep. it's like, like yes, they are Disney projects, but for some reason, I don't know, the Winnie the Pooh stuff feels separate to me from Disney. It, it, it does. Like Winnie the Pooh is kind of like a time capsule. Like it's it's always it always has the same feel. Yeah. Whether it was made in like the sixties or the twenty. Yeah. No, they've been really good. You know, aside from you know recent, you know third-party attempts at that blood-and-honey dumb shit. Most yeah. Winnie the Pooh projects, probably because it's all been handled by the same company for so long, um, feel like they, they don't do any massive reinventions to try to modernize it or anything. You know, like, yeah. even, like, you know, Mickey, they, as much as the design is similar, it, he's gone through a lot of phases and changes and stuff. But it's like, yeah, Winnie the Pooh just always feels like they're, they're still just going back to that same, uh, you know, style. Uh, yeah, there, there's... Uh, it's like I said, like, wh wh whether it came out in the 60s or the 2010s, it all feels the same. Um, like, it, it's the same tone, just, like, re really slow, really sweet. Yeah. Um, you know... Occasionally they'll do the thing like with the the story, but um, it's like flying between the pages, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and they'll do weird stuff like the heffalumps and woozles uh, mm -hmm. acid trip. But yeah, after after Winnie the Pooh, two D animation dies. So yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. Also, do you want to know something interesting? Um, since the since the point we're at now, there's more Pixar movies than Disney animation movies. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Which is interesting. Hmm. There's like 19 Pixar movies and like 13 Disney yeah, movies. Yeah, like I know, like the last couple of years, it seems like they've done like two Pixar movies a year. For a couple of years, yeah. but then they just go straight to streaming and aren't really that good or memorable. Yeah, I mean, last year they had two movies come out in like the span of three months. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a full episode.
Yep. What do you think of Dak Prescott? Um, I think he needs to shape up and do better. I agree, actually. Mm. But that's a completely valid opinion. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Jerry Jones? Uh, I mean, he, I guess he's he's fine. You know, he's he's pretty new, but we'll we'll see how he does as uh, the season <laughs> continues. Uh, this is the part where you I say he's been either. at it for decades. <laughs> He's, he's the owner for the Cowboys. He's like 70 years yeah. old. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad, though. It's funny. I just uh, have to make up things. Like, okay, uh, this is... Okay, this is an athlete. What do I say about an athlete? Make something yeah, up and I, see I, if I, it's right or not. A week or two ago, he made a comment about a glory oh. hole. <laughs> I think he meant it in like a like a last century like um, strike oil like mm. type context, and not a um, hole in the bathroom wall you stick your dick through. Context, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I probably didn't. <laughs> I know which one is. Yeah, funnier. I mean that, that's like that. Um, there was like a question on a Mobile Bam episode about um, like someone whose boss when they get angry would say I'm going to blow my load um, he, he, trying to say I'm going to blow my top but no he didn't know the phrasing I guess so he just get angry so it just keeps happening I'm going to blow my load <laughs> so so uh... There was a guy I work with. Um, so this happened like a, a couple months ago. A guy I work with, uh, I was trying to tell him, like, hey, you better do this right. You don't want to make anybody mm. mad. And he, he said, like, yeah, I don't want to get my ass creamed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that is a thing people say, but also, I mean... But also cream. <laughs> but also, I also I was on the floor about to pass out because I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, but there now you yep. know I was out there. Um. Uh, okay. Don't say any. Don't say anything that might be a dirty joke. Yep. No, we'll just won't. We'll... Title this episode "Creamed Ass" and let uh, uh. <laughs> everyone wait until the end to see what that was about. Yeah, that's that's my favorite Pixar movie. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>